Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm Jenny. And we are the, the Irreverends. Hey, everybody. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good on this fifth Sunday of Easter. Not really the fifth Sunday of Easter because we're recording this on Tuesday. Before on Tuesday, but Easter. coming up. But mm-hmm. it's on its way. It is. So let's kill Steve. Oh, <laughs> God. You cut right to the punchline. Pardon the pun. <laughs> Oh my god, you cut right to it, Stephen the First Martyr. Mm-hmm. Well, the, not if you don't count Jesus. Well, Jesus, yes. Not a martyr. That's a different. He, that's and different. he lived. And he lived. No, he, he flat out died. Yeah, but in the end he lived. Yeah, that's the good part. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, so I wasn't wrong when I said he lived. After Excuse the me? death part. Let, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Let the record reflect. We're both right, okay? I had a, a listener who texted me. And called himself, which I thought was hilarious, a faithful listener. And then he said, see what I did there? But I'm dumb. Like, hey. Nice work. Who was a little worried that when you moved to Rhode Island, he was worried, would we be continuing the podcast? We never said that, I don't think. So yes, we're continuing. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't even think to think about saying I know. anything about it. I know, because like, you moved to Arizona and we kept doing it. Yeah, it's just part of the deal now. This is life. I know. We do the podcast. So. Period. Yeah. I know. So yeah, we are continuing it, lest you worry about that. So thank you, Jay. Don't fret my pet. Okay, that's funny, because I don't really imagine anybody's called Jay their pet for a long time. But <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> but okay. Anyway. I just had so, a friend that used to say that a lot, and it just came yeah, to mind. So I've never like, heard that. That's kind yeah. of kind of slightly creepy in the... What she, was his name? Hannibal Lecter sort of way. She meant it slightly creepy, but yeah. you know, it just popped into my head. Not that I want to um, be creepy towards Jay. I mean, yeah, I'm sure no. Jay's great. but Jay is yeah. a nice guy. and um, Hi, Jay. Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. And thanks for asking that because we didn't realize we hadn't made that clear. So there. Podcast will continue. Yeah. So, There's going to be a few we... weeks coming up where it oh, might not on, happen or Ginny will have to do somebody aside from me. I... Because... Yeah, I will. Because you'll be moving and stuff. Yeah. You know? You have and, to pack and, up that microphone and travel. And then I'll be in the Rhode Island quarantine for 14 days and all that. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Oh, my God. Because you'll be, like, traveling across country, picking out up of, germs the, on the way. Out of state, you have to be quarantined for 14 days in Rhode Island. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, you've already been quarantined, right? Yeah, Pretty much. It, it doesn't matter. You cross their state line and boom, 14 days. So what? They and have, they like, send, hotels at the border? They send cops to double check on you. You know, they check everybody do at they, the border. They're, they're, they're do, checking people at the border. What, do they put a bracelet on your foot or something? Well, they ask you where, they, where you're tracker. going. And... Okay, so are they going to deliver food to your house? Or, like, how are you supposed to eat? I want to know how this quarantine works. I'm, I'm hoping, Am I, are, like, I'm your hoping my new parishioners hook us up. That's the, oh, okay. I don't know. Details <laughs> oh Details are <laughs> a little nebulous. Is, I'm trying not to be crazy. The good news is we right hired now. a new rector, and he's here. The bad news is he's starving to death. <laughs> so, uh... Oh my God! It's okay, right. that's kind of it'll it'll all work out. Okay, so I have it pictured there, like all these hotels at the border of Rhode Island, everywhere, and just people living in quarantine there, and one by one, like nah, people not... escape, and then you all come to the windows and clap. No, nah, it's, them out it's or more something. like you know, once you get to the residence, you have to stay there for fourteen days. So mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. It'll be worth it. I mean, yeah. you know, you gotta you gotta understand that there's like sandwiched in between New York, Connecticut, and yeah, Massachusetts, like, like some the, hot the worst spots. So. Yeah, New Jersey's pretty bad too. So yeah, and our first lesson is from the book of Acts. Acts. 
acts. The body spray. Can't. Okay. And it is, in fact, the martyrdom of St. Stephen, the proto-martyr, the first martyr. uh, Proto-martyr? Like, no one says that Uh, except you. Like, who says that? Everybody. No, like, you don't say, you know, the proto-child in a family. People on the more Anglo-Catholic side of the house are going to (laughs) say the proto-martyr. All right. The proto-martyr. Right. Look here, <clears throat> you little snake-bellied low-church persons. Yep. Okay. So let, yep. can we get back to the and proto-martyr? Your point is, yeah, and your point is, okay. Can we get back? Stephen. Can I read it? He has a name. Can I read it now? Yeah, yes. go ahead. Esteban. Okay. <laughs> this is... Okay. He's having of, a rough day. <sighs> he, he, it, was, it was a seriously, the seriously bad day. Bad day. Actually, I'm not sure he thought it was a bad day, but go nah, ahead. Nah, he was... He was well, let's get to the story. Okay, let's do it. So this is from the book of Acts, chapter 7, <laughs> verses 55 through 60. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. And here ends the lesson. Obvious thing. So many parallels to Jesus's death. Crucifixion. Yes. Um, Purposeful. Including, yeah. And there's a huge difference. I mean, a bunch of huge differences, but right before this, at Stephen's trial, which also bears some of the marks of Jesus's trial, you know yeah. they take him. It also um, it also harkens back somewhat to the martyrdom of the Maccabees. So, but, but we don't we, have we are, we are intended to right. see the parallels to Jesus, right? But one big difference is Stephen. Whereas Jesus doesn't say much in his trials. No, Stephen lets him have no. it with both barrels. Oh my he God! He holds nothing back. Stephen begins from Abraham, and if you want a concise synopsis of the Jewish story of how you get from Abraham to Jesus, you just read what happened before this. Yes, in Acts, because Stephen lays it bare because they accuse him of saying of saying all kinds of things against Moses and Abraham, and Stephen lays it down. Mm-hmm. It is amazing and he quotes scripture it's amazing and so i don't think this is stephen's worst day because stephen goes out swinging mm-hmm. and then he reacts the way jesus reacted you know we we all wonder how courageous we would be or whether we could have the courage to face death and man he does it he uses some of the same words that jesus used you know receive my spirit do not hold this against them. You know, it's beautiful. So, yeah, he ended up being killed, but he went out swinging. This he went was out beautiful. Yeah, you know what? It's wrong for me to say he went out swinging because he didn't. He knelt down. When I say he went out swinging, he made sure they knew he really was a man of faith. He really was not He was a true going follower. against the teaching. Yes. Yeah. He was not going against the teaching of Moses or Abraham. It's beautiful. And then he's essentially lynched. Yeah, totally. You know, the crowd just rushed together against him. They dragged him out of the city. Something I had to look up was this thing about the witnesses 
laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And I went, da, 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 because, of course, Saul is Paul. we'll hear from him later. Yeah. Right. The witnesses laid their coats. So apparently, when there was going to be a stoning, a lawful one, there were witnesses. And the presence of witnesses here make it seem as if it was lawful, but the whole context makes it seem like it's more of a lynching. Yeah. The picture of the witnesses laying their coats at the feet of Saul in order to pick up rocks and get sweaty and do the deed is just grotesque. It's just gross. It's just... Well, you don't want to get your coats dirty. You might get blood on them. Oh, it's so... It's just so... It's not barbaric. It's so premeditated. It's so... And it's like this interesting little detail that just rings rings true. It does. Yeah, it's like somebody saw it. Yeah. And you can't forget it. It's so cold. And in truth... And calculating. In truth, he has not blasphemed. I mean, he has not taken the Lord's name in vain, which is what he'd have to do to get stoned. And it also violates the Roman law that we are told very clearly in the gospel, you know, we cannot put anybody to death. We're not allowed to. But they did it in this case anyway. Right. They rushed him. They they just were raged. Yeah. Fit of peak. Right. Also, right after this line, it says that Saul approved of the killing. So again. Yeah. And then, then he goes on, does a little more. So. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's an important moment because from here on, this moment marks the real break. Because from here on, the stories of the persecution of the yeah. followers of Jesus are numerous and bloody and dramatic and awful and sad. Because and, and the action moves away from the temple. And eventually, we hear the story of Saul himself turning and and we get the story of Saul being blinded on the road to Damascus but we get ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. um so Stephen is the first martyr what else should we the proto-martyr um, Jenny yeah the pro he's the first martyr proto-martyr <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds like a place where you go to get your car fixed sort of proto-motor <laughs> wow really yeah okay okay what do we need what does this have to do with us today sort of the action of the crowd the the way in which a crowd can be well i mean just look riled at, up and just look at violence. the photos of people yelling and spitting in the faces of you know security guards and oh ca- capital state capitol buildings well you know. or that sad story i think it was also in michigan where a security guard at a dollar store was shot told yeah killed yeah um people's need to protect their own sort of little bubble yeah. of safety and their own perspective on who they are and their being right. Pride. Yes. Oh, so, God. Yes, there's the word. Yeah. When somebody pops that bubble, the way it can enrage you can literally drive you to violence. And we see that. As you've said, the pictures of the people right up in the face of the security guards in the state house or hearing this just gut-wrenching story of the security guard just trying to do his job. Yeah. When you confront people with their own behavior, which is what Stephen does at the end, which feel, which makes them absolutely freak out, is he confronts them with their own role in killing all the prophets. He asks them one of those questions that echoes across eternity. Something like, I'm paraphrasing the question, but it's something like, was there a prophet you did not kill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turning people's actions back on themselves is dangerous work clearly 
dangerous work. And so the invitation in this is, are you going to, to what are you going to witness? Are you going to witness to your pride or are you going to witness to the truth? What's going to make you lay down your coat? Mm. What do you lay in your coat down to do? You lay in your coat down. Here's another time we heard something like that, though I'm mixing the metaphors here because mostly the analogy has been between Stephen and Jesus. But one of the times we've heard about somebody laying down the garment they're wearing is when Jesus lays down his outer robe and washes the feet of the disciples. Here people lay down their coats to kill. Or they lay down their coats at Jesus' feet. That's the last time we've heard people laying down their coats when, when they're coming yeah, in. Palm when, Sunday. Palm Sunday, right. Yep. Yeah, what are you What are you laying your coat, clothes down to witness? To do, yeah. All right, shall we read the gospel? Let's do it. <sighs> so this gospel is from the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. I'm breaking the first line of this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Hmm. There is so much that is troubling. No, there are two big things that trouble me in this. I bet you can predict them. Are you asking me to? Nothing. Well, well, you tell me if I'm wrong. One is You're... the way in which... Go ahead. The way that... It's been interpreted, no one comes to the Father except through me. Yep. And the other is, if in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. What do I win? What do I win? I don't know. I don't. Um, You win. I, I send you pizza when you're in Rhode Island. Okay, great. I sponsor a dinner. Can, can, can <laughs> it be local pizza dinner. or are you actually going to send it no, from local DC? Pizza. That... No, no. I'll send you. I'll do research. I will. I will be responsible. We'll start a sign up genius to feed you and Tanya. We'll start a GoFundMe to feed you and Tanya when you get out there. Be very, very appreciated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, of course, the big picture, I mean, actually, they're both big pictures. The way in which no one comes to the Father except through me, I mean, this is the line that people point to, to say that if you are not Christian, you're going to H-E-W-H-E-S-T-I-C-S. You are not saved. Yeah. That's right. And people think it's self-evident. I just, I just can't even. 
Should we start with that one sure. first? So, so um, yeah, w- go. One yeah. might one might add that that is a uh, a more modern understanding of the verse Ugh. coming out of the the Enlightenment and the struggle, which of I religion. increasingly feel like I need to put in quotes. Enlightenment? <laughs> Have we been enlightened? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, in you fact, know, that, we feel the, a little the, dimmer than we used to. Totally. But like this whole idea of, you know, scientific rationality and the setting aside of faith and everything. And so the church kind of did these things where they doubled down and you had the Great Awakening and the various movements in mostly in America, but a little bit in Great Britain to um, retrench religion and scare people scare in people some right ways. and so you, you ended up with this kind of concept of religion becoming almost more individualized than it was before before this people thought of faith in terms of community and salvation was for a people a people not just the individual not, focus not you tim gotta, and jenny you gotta right. you gotta pray the the sinner's prayer and everything or else you're gonna you're gonna go to hell the way that people would have read this before the 18th century and the 17th century in some ways would have been the way that really they still read it in like the Orthodox the side Orthodox of the house, Church. house yeah. which is because Jesus has come and the word of God has lived among us in flesh and died and rose again and ascended to the Father and sent the Spirit and all these things, the way to salvation is now open for all. It's not an individual like you've got to specifically believe in Jesus. Sanctification can occur in a variety of ways that don't necessarily require a verbal response to it. And all of that I agree with completely. I mean because it's history. I mean it's it doesn't need my agreement. But <laughs> even in my even in sort of my more colloquial way of looking at it. Jesus's way is the way of love. Mm-hmm. Jesus's way is a pattern of self-sacrifice, of care for people on the margins, of following the Ten Commandments, which are about loving your neighbor as yourself, about trying to model a community where that is happening. We had a little glimpse of that last week in the book of Acts, <laughs> where people were sharing everything in common. Yeah. So... That's part of it. But another part is that something you and I have said repeatedly on the podcast is salvation and the kingdom of God is not just about what happens when you die. It is about the life we live here. There's a universalness to this message here, which is why it makes me so insane that it gets taken to be a Christian exclusivist line that When you follow the way of Jesus, and Jesus says, I am the way, I am, and people were called in the years after Jesus died, they were called the people of the way. Mm -hmm. It's a path, it's a pattern. It's a, if you follow the way of Jesus, the way Jesus behaved, the pathway, the pattern, then God's kingdom will be realized here and now for everyone. They are potentially beautiful words, and instead, they get distorted to, to lock people out. Yep. As if Jesus is saying he is the sheep gate and you can't get in unless you know the secret password. You know, to, to borrow last week's 
metaphor of a sheep gate, you have mm-hmm. to know the secret password. And the secret password is to say the Jesus prayer. And then you're let in. And it's just ugly. And then, of course, the second thing that troubles me. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Which is yeah, the hearkening call God? of prosperity gospel heresy. So, But also, the truth is, so yeah, yeah. But also, Tim, the truth is I ache for that to be true in a, in a literal way right now. Who doesn't? Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that everybody, you know, wants a different thing. And if everybody's asking all the same, it's like that scene from, you remember the, uh, the Jim Carrey movie, like a long time ago now where he got the powers of God for a little bit. Oh, Bruce Almighty. Almighty. Yeah. Bruce Almighty. And he just gets tired of answering prayers. So he just replies all yes. And then, so everybody in the world (laughs) wins the lottery all at once and they only get like two bucks and they're all, they're rioting. And the thing is, is that rain and some people want it to be sunny. And the difference is what, what this passage is getting at is is not your individual, like, ask me for anything individually. It is about what you were just talking about. Following in the way of Jesus and becoming like Jesus, we will know the right things to ask for, Ugh. which are life-giving like for everybody and loving. And if we then ask for those things, they will happen. They will, they will be given unto us in abundance. Yeah. Because in some ways we make them happen ourselves. And when I just said like Stephen, Stephen probably would have prayed for courage and he got it. You know, oh, I, he, he definitely had fortitude in the face of so, what he But suffered. I ache. I mean, I suspect. I mean, here's another thing that's troubling, right? Is there stuff in the Bible that you just can't make sense of just flat out? You know, like contradictions in the texts or the people being raped and murdered. I mean, just so much. If I think Rachel Held Evans, God rest her soul. Of course, God's resting her soul because she was so amazing. But people have been putting Rachel Held Evans quotes all over because she died a year ago. And one of the things, one of the things she said was that she's, she's really worried about people who say the Bible doesn't trouble them because it makes her think they haven't been reading it. Uh, it's clear I, that the writers of the Bible themselves are troubled with other things in the Bible. Of like, course. Read Hosea. It's a major like commentary on the things that went before. Um, the, but, the thing about the Bible is that it's not just... It's not... The Bible... Look, if the if the writers of the Bible really wanted to do it, they could have like taken all these weird things out and edited out, it all right. out. But they left it all in there. Because the truth about the Bible is not that it is specifically you know, the literal roadmap you must follow, it is a witness to what people have done to one another and how God is trying to work in that. It's It witnesses to it. Just because, like, there are accounts of rape in it doesn't mean you can go out and rape anybody. It right. is saying this happened. And look at the tragedies that, that followed her. Like the, the rape of, of Tamar, the sister of Absalom, David's daughter, David's son, by David's other son, you know, he raped his half-sister. Yeah. And so Absalom goes crazy, and then you have this whole civil war that brews out of it. You know, bad things happen, and the Bible witnesses to those bad things happening. It doesn't condone them, necessarily. And part of what it witnesses, I mean, part of what you're getting to is it's, it's witness to human struggle. Yeah. Human struggle with being human. And humans struggle with trying to follow God, mm-hmm. God's ways. So frankly, I struggle with, you know, there are other sayings where Jesus says, you know, if, if you had faith of a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, you know, be planted in the sea or whatever. 
or move the mountain or to say to the tree, be uprooted and go, go live yeah, in the sea or whatever. What's the problem with that? Like that doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't for you. happen doesn't to happen? me. doesn't happen. To me. I mean, I think many of us right now would be aching for God to deliver us a vaccine or, or, or just, or just healing. a miraculous going away of it at all. Exactly. And this is part of that theodicy that people say, God must not be real because these bad things happen. And because I might say, make a request in Jesus's name and Jesus doesn't do it, then this must not be real. I mean, that's a a legit struggle. Perfectly rational and logical. But it's not. But it's not faith. And it's not what this means. Yeah. I mean, It's 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 like that whole, I'm afraid to ask God why he allows that because I know that he's going to ask me the same question. Why do I allow it? Yeah. The thing is, being an adult human is really difficult. And God is not, God's job is not to make things easy for us. We wish that. That's actually what many of our prayers would boil down to is take away my responsibility for trying to make the world a better place. Take away my grief or my potential grief is really what it comes down to. Right. I don't want to suffer and I don't want the people I love to suffer. And that is noble and understandable, but it is not what God promises. What God promises is to be there with us through the struggle. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't just promise that. God shows it over and over and over again. And lived it out specifically on a cross. That's right. And that is a much harder message than a God that's going to answer our prayers like a vending machine. Yeah. But... There is a part of me that still yearns for that. I mean, I know this, and there's still a part of me that yearns for that. Okay, so I talked enough about it. What are you, Tim, what hits you in this passage? It's just that. It's the the call for us to to make the way now. To Can make I the also give... Now. Yeah, gosh, Tim, if people could just understand that, it's it shifts everything. Mm-hmm. I also just want to give a little shout out to Thomas, who's adorable. Thomas the Pragmatist. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Yeah, what are you saying? We don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. You've told us repeatedly we can't go where you're going. What are, we, what are you even saying here? I love him. Love him. And of course, he's also the guy who later gets, yeah, later, because yeah. we're in John, later gets the name Doubting Thomas because he was like, I don't believe it. But you can understand why he doesn't believe it. Yeah, but in the meantime, he's the only one that wasn't cowering in the uh, the room. I know. Know. He was I know. He was out there working. I, I love me some tea, Diddy. I know. Oh my God! What Thomas did you just called T call Diddy. Thomas called uh. Didymus. <laughs> oh my God! I love yeah. that you come out with T Diddy and Proto Martyr in the totally. same episode. That's nice me. work. Welcome okay. to the scramble that is my mind. All right. <laughs> All right. It's your turn to do Lectio Divina, my friend. All right. You ready? I am ready. This one might be a surprise. I hope it's a surprise. Okay. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout, they all rushed together against him. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout, all rushed together against him. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout, all rushed together against him. What stands out? So they had to cover their ears. They had to not listen. Yeah. They, they refused to listen. Yeah. In order to give in to that violent impulse... They couldn't listen to what he had to say. And it's so great. He said, look, he said, he wants them to share in it. Yeah. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? And they can't. They don't even yeah. want to hear it. 
They have to shut him down. He can't be right. They, they plug their ears and yell so they can't hear it. The loud yeah. shout. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the grown up equivalent of like, la, 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 la. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. But it's also what you have to do if you're going to. They're not really interested. He's just popped their bubble mm-hmm. and it, their rage. They just have to right, give in to their rage. Right here in Acts 7, written towards the end of the first century, we have a record of the fact that we have always been people who participate in the error of confirmation bias. That's right. I can't hear it if it doesn't match what I already believe. Yeah. Or I will And the rage that's triggered with that. You know, Tim, when I am tempted to despair, it's over that. It's over how easily we can flip to rage when we feel like something so fundamental that we believe. Is a risk. Yeah. Challenged. And as you said, here's the evidence. Every single one of us is capable of that. Mm. We fool ourselves if we think you and I are not. Everyone what, must. What turns me it. to rage? Yeah. A particular person drives me to rage. And if you tried to tell me that I was wrong about him, my rage would be kindled. It's, um, I don't You'd cover your I'm... ears and rush against me? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Because for one thing, you're actually in Arizona and I'm in Maryland. But, and I love you and I couldn't do it. I, I'm also just kind of a sissy and I can't throw. We have well established that in my house. I can't throw. So stoning would not be my... You raise all these baseball real... players and you can't throw. <laughs> Right. Oh, no. right. God, no. I know. Um, this is heartbreaking. Thank you for picking this one. What does it Di- make you think different. of? It, everything that we've just been talking about. But it makes me think about that feeling that you get that kind of snaps right in your mm. esophagus above your stomach oh. when somebody says something that just triggers you. Yes. And you're like, you just want to do anything to shut them up. It makes me think of that. And the, the capacity that I have for that in myself And it's really an opportunity, I think, from my standpoint, to consider what those triggers are, why you have them, and whether or not you have a valid reason for it. Mm -hmm. Like, well, there are some things that are just valid. Like, you know, it's good for you to get enraged if you hear about, like... Injustice. You know, a child being trafficked. Right. It's another thing if, like, you get mad because somebody likes Bud Light instead of a craft... IPA. Well, or somebody tells you you need to wear a mask or that it's not safe right. to go back to work. Yeah. These are not I important think, things. I think one test is what is your anger in service of? Yeah. But that also can be used. We can fool ourselves because some of these people would have said their anger was in service to God, trying to say that Stephen was diminishing God. And mm-hmm. for him to say, look, I see the heavens opened. They could say that he was blaspheming, but their actions by having to cover their ears belie that. Yes. You know, I know that another recurring theme here for me has been, how can I be sure I'm not that guy? What are you laying your cloak down for? Yeah. And am I covering my ears? What am I trying not to hear? Yeah. What am I trying not to see? What is my anger in service to? What am I, am I thinking that salvation is just for a few and only at the end of time or have i heard this wider loving welcoming invitation to bring salvation to everyone here and now and i love i love the point you made about the laying down of the 
the cloaks and the coats. Like, Palm Sunday, do you lay them down for the king, the true king, or do you lay them down for the will of the crowd? Yeah. Whew. So, some questions to answer yourselves. Ask yourselves, everybody. Not answer yourselves. So, what's your blessing? My blessing is for those who find themselves in the sights of an angry crowd. And I say that as a white, middle-class woman who's probably since I was a little kid hasn't been you know and I got made fun of and stuff a lot as a kid but I'm not likely to be at the at the dangerous end of an angry crowd and god that's a dangerous place to be but it's also very holy ground and so my blessing is for anyone who finds themselves in that space Hmm. and we've seen a lot of it on the news lately to be brave and to know that the heavens have opened up and the Son of Man is standing at the right hand of God with you. Hmm. What's yours? My blessing here for the Sauls, the ones who stand idly by and uh, uh, stand and idly by, a while, by their silence while things happen. May they, may they find their conversion. May we all, we've all done mm. it. We've all been Saul. May we oh, all find God. our conversion moment to become Paul and to witness to the right things. Not to yeah, we've all we've all stood there and let our silence speak for us. Silence is approbation. Ugh. Amen. All right. Amen. Ooh, heavy. All right. Well. Um. So. Thanks for listening, what? everybody. Yeah. If you like what I'll you see hear, you next week. Rate us. Send us emails at timothyreverence.com. That's timothyreverence.com. And we'll and share talk it to with a friend. A uh, nice old-fashioned podcast yeah. delivered in the medium that it was meant to be delivered in, right into your ears as you grocery shop or walk or whatever, drive in your car. That's it. Mostly car yeah. for me. Yeah. All right. Well, Bye, uh, see you next week. Bye now. Andrew, Andrew, come in here. We are recording, but we we probably edited. Come and say hello to Tim. You have to come say hello to Tim. You need to admire Andrew's uh, COVID beard. Oh, that's legit. Well done. <laughs> Why can't I hear him? Oh, you can't. He said, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah unplug. The- <laughs> that's good. Here, now flip it down. Hold on. Turn it back. Now flip oh, it down. Oh, yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tim. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I'm pretty good. How good, about you? Good to see you. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm digging the Space Jam shirt. That's sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's actually uh, from the year the movie came out. Really? It's vintage. vintage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah so it's like one of my favorites. You got, got well, I actually good quarantine. Just, yeah, I tried. I actually only came in here to ask my mom to quiet down a little bit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. I don't think she knows. Yeah, I know. It's well, funny. I know now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't have to be like that quiet, but like... Seriously. Maybe just the like, or here, you can have this back. Yeah. All right. Maybe just like, all right. All right. But, uh, all right, I'll be quiet. Yeah, maybe just like, yeah, like okay, that is so. Right, your uh, your your coworker just slammed you. I know. Your all coworker right, is not pleased. You're making too much noise. But also, so classic for me to get in trouble for making too much noise. Totally. And from my own child. Yeah. But I thought you needed to see his coronavirus hair and beard. It's this great. He's reaching the man bun stage. Is he? Start the t- tie back. Yeah. Get a like top one knot. Day. Yeah, one day at Easter. One day, I think it was Easter Sunday. We like tried it.
And it was a little short, but it's probably good now. Nice. Because, you know, now we're in the fifth Sunday to segue us back to what we're really here for. The fifth Sunday. Mm -hmm. So here we are. 